0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at LifeChurchUK.org. Welcome to Live Devotions and thank you for joining me today. Lord, weigh my heart. is a time of this devotion, way as in the weight of it. What is the value? What do you see that's of worth in my heart? And I find this so important, friends, that we don't go life's journey for more than a day without letting our hearts be before God. And like David would say, search my heart Or Jeremiah would say, search my heart. Or Jeremiah actually says, Lord, you know my heart and the way that I go. Job said the same. And, you know, this is, of course, the thing that God looks for, that we love him with our whole heart. God loves it when we're upright, when we're wholehearted, when we're sincere, when we're straightforward. God loves it when there's nothing in us separating or hiding from him but that everything is before Him. And so I want to talk to you today about, Lord, weigh my heart, okay? And I want to start here in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs 21, verse 2. In other words, we can become indifferent about the condition of our heart is really the wake-up call of this verse. We can become indifferent. We can become idle. We can become unthoughtful about the condition of our heart. Any man can say what he will do for God, but it's the condition of his heart that will determine what he will accept or reject from God. Of course, the scripture makes it so powerfully clear in Acts 13 verse 22 that the Lord found David, a man after his own heart who would do all of his will. And that's what David eventually became known for, the man after God's own heart. And that's, oh, I love to study all that out because when the Lord found Samuel. Faithful there to keep the lamp burning in the holy place. It says, I will seek for myself in 1 Samuel chapter 2, the last verse, I will seek for myself a priest who will do all that is in my heart and in my mind. And you could see that the heart that God worked in Samuel is what connected him with David, is what caused him to find. David, You see, the kind of heart you have determines the kind of relationships you develop. Or, yeah, the kind of relationships you develop, the nature of it, the character of it. And what I love about David is that he never took it for granted where his heart was. And I'm not saying he didn't have any lapses like us all do. We know he had some painful lapses. But he every time kept coming back to God with his whole heart. He said in his remorseful, Psalm 51, Lord, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, such a sacrifice you will not deny. Psalm 51, verse 17. In other words, his heart was completely broken before God. There was no resistance in it left. There was no Making excuses for himself. There was no, yeah, but you don't understand. I felt lonely. Yeah, but you don't understand that she was right there and tempting me. And, and how can you all that, you know? No, there was no excuses. And uh, there was nothing left in him to say, Lord, except to say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And oh, how God longs for you and me to have that kind of heart. And I want you to see here from his famous Psalm 139 how David thought about his own heart and his own life. He says in Psalm 139 verse one: 1, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You've hedged me in behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your your presence? And then he ends this amazing psalm. Oh, the whole psalm is beautiful. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You see, often Jesus showed us from Revelations chapter 3, verse 18 or 1920 there, that He stands at the door of our hearts knocking, seeking permission to come in, while the heart belongs to him, because he's bought it with his own blood. And yet he doesn't barge in. He seeks the invitation, he seeks the welcome, he seeks the desire, he seeks the yearning, the thirsting, the hungering. And this is what God has longed for in you and me. And you know, we can live a life where we act like others know the way we think and the way we act. But David, he shuns such a behavior. He said, Lord, you have searched me and know my heart. Try me, know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Oh, hallelujah. I so long for this in my own heart, day and night. I want to be known by Him. Paul says in Galatians, it's one thing for you to say you know God, but it's another thing for God to know you. And eternal life Or the foundation of God is in this, that he knows his own, he says in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy 2.19. And you see, it is to be known of God, that he knows your thoughts, he knows you're lying down, he knows you you have this knowing of God that constantly, if I wake up at one and I wake up at three in the night, and I do most nights, I want to Be known by Him instantly. I begin to pray. Father, Father, and I long to live in the knowing of my Father. I long to live in that intimate presence of my Father where I'm safe from defilement and corruption that is in this world through lust, where I'm alive with Christ and seated with Him in the heavenly realms to partake of the divine nature that he enjoys in the Father. And so really what I want to talk to you about a bit more today in this devotion. Let God weigh your heart. Let Him search your heart. Let Him know you. Live in that constant awareness, God knows me. Live in the constant awareness, He knows all your thoughts are far off and there's not a word in your tongue and He knows it. He knows you're sitting down, you're rising up. He knows you in any and every way. Live in that constant being known of God. And you may say, Pastor Robert, I don't understand what that means. I don't don't even know what that's like. Well, this is why I'm sharing these devotions with you, because this is the reality in which I want to be found, living day and night, and I'm so grateful that I'm constantly aware of his presence. I've shared this testimony once before, but I had been in a meeting, ministering, and oh, the presence of Jesus was so glorious in that meeting. And after the meeting, that took me to the airport and I flew to another city to go preach. This was in the United States. And a little screen came out of, out of the ceiling and there was this beautiful little part of this film where these people had, had t- taken this young man from the streets and were taking care of him. And I was being so moved to see their love for people that I was sitting there weeping because the anointing was so overwhelming to me and the Lord spoke to me and said, this affection belongs to me. In other words, don't offer it to this movie. There was nothing wrong with the movie. But the Lord longs for our affection. He longs for your whole heart to yearn for him, to desire him. And so the point of being weighed by the Lord is, are we truthful? Are we wholehearted? Does he have all of us or is there parts of our nature that don't belong to him because we've not let go of it? We still stay in control of it. We haven't fully surrendered in that part of our life. We still constantly hemorrhaged there with irritation, frustration, lust, fears, angers or whatever because we're not fully yielded in that part of our lives. And so listen to this here where Paul talks about God having weighed him, okay? And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and I'll read to you from the Living Bible starting at verse 2. Now... The most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to. <clears throat> what about me? Have I been a good servant? Well, I don't worry over what you think about this or what anyone else thinks. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but even that isn't final proof It is the Lord himself who must examine me and decide. Come on now. Either we are examined now and find a way to everlasting life or be judged later for where we've not given access to our our Savior in our hearts, in our minds, in our ways of thinking, acting and behaving. And he says, "It's the Lord Himself who must examine me and decide if I'm a true servant or not." So be careful not to jump to conclusions before the Lord returns, as to whether someone is a good servant or not. When the Lord comes, He will turn on the light so that everyone can see exactly what each of us is really like deep down in our hearts. Then everyone will know why we've been doing the Lord's work. At that. God will give to each one whatever praise is coming to him. Wow. When I read this and I underline it when I read this I say search me Lord. And like David said there in Psalm 139 the last two verses he said Lord if there's anything in me that's not right in your sight lead me in the way of everlasting life. I believe it is so important, friends, that we do not <clears throat> that we do not allow ourselves to feed upon the honor of man rather than that of God. You see, it is a, 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 a deception that we're often unaware of, that we're completely codependent on people's opinions and therefore often have the kind of insecurity that doesn't please God. I believe true, healthy wholeness of confidence comes from living in the light of God's favor, living in the light of His weakness within us that we believe what He thinks about us, says about us that we believe that we are who He says we are, that we believe we can do what He says we can do. Oh, friends, how often has people said that I would never mount up to anything, and I understand I gave them every reason to talk that way by my misbehavior, but the Lord contradicted them by drawing me into His loving bosom and making me His own. And enabling me with his nature and character and spirit and glory to become who I am. And I'm becoming, I am becoming by his spirit in me more and more into his likeness. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. So I plead with you do not allow yourself to feed upon man's recognition and favor. That's a danger, it's a trap. The Bible talks about he who leans on the arm of flesh will suffer the pain of it. No, lean upon the everlasting arm of God's favor. Believe what he thinks. I love this scripture where Jesus says in John 8:50, John 8, verse 50 and verse 54, I am not in search of honor for myself. Whenever you are pushing and pulling to try to find significance for yourself, you might find it in the wrong place if you don't look for it in the presence of the Lord. Many people have found their significance in certain passing things, but they have no eternal sense of destiny. They have no eternal sense of belonging to God the Father and his everlasting kingdom. They have no sense of sonship, sons and daughters of God. They do not understand what that kind of significance and value gives that if all would be stripped away, you are steadfast rejoicing in the Lord who is the light and life of, of your life. And so Jesus, he says here, I am not in search of honor for myself. I do not seek it. I'm not aiming for my own glory. But there is one who looks after that and he is the judge. If I were to glorify myself, verse 54, magnify, praise and honor myself, I would have no real glory. My glory would be nothing and worthless. Why? Because my honor must come to me from my father It is my Father who glorifies me, extols me, magnifies and praises me. Of whom did you say that he is your God? Oh, I love this verse here. John chapter 8, verse 54 from the Amplified Translation. I pray it, I seek it. I don't want to be vulnerable to man's honor. No, the opposite. I shun it. I pray often, hide me from it, Lord. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to be aware of it, I don't want to notice it, I don't want to feel it. And if I can feel it coming to me, I pray, oh Jesus, hide me, hide me, hide me, Lord. Hide me in your glory. Receive all the honor, like it would say in Psalm 115, not unto us, not unto us, but to your name. Give glory, Lord. And so listen to me here from Hebrews chapter 3 verse 9 and I want to show you something that has really helped me in my growing in the Lord. Listen to this. I mean, wow, it blows me away sincerely when I read this here in the Amplified Translation. Where your fathers in the wilderness, where your fathers tried my patience, tested my forbearance, And found I stood their test, and they saw my works for 40 years. Again, please hear this. Your fathers tried my patience in the wilderness and tested my forbearance, and found I, the Almighty El Shaddai, stood their test, and they saw my works for 40 years. Nehemiah in chapter 9 elaborates on this and many other parts of the scripture do too where he says even though their ways were so rebellious he did not withdraw the cloud from them by day to shade them or the fire by night to warm and guide them. He did not cease to bring forth the manna each morning or the water from the rock. You see... This is what it means to be weighed and not be found wanting. That when you're tested, that your heart is loyal, that your heart is faithful, that your heart is true, that your heart is upright. True love is true love when it comes at the cost of self, when it comes at the cross and self-denial. But when at the cross and self-denial, love evaporates, then love wasn't the kind of love that God's looking for in each and every one of our hearts. The kind of love God is looking for in your heart and my heart is the love that is true, that has no falsehood of self-seeking in it, but will gladly give up everything to be able to manifest the truth of that heart. And in Daniel chapter 6 here, one of the famous parts of the scripture, at least for me, it's famous. I want to just read how when the Lord came to Belshazzar and he did not pass the test. And why did he not pass the test? Why did he fail the test when he was weighed? He was found wanting he was not found acceptable, well, pleasing to God when he was weighed. You see, I want my heart to be found pleasing to God when I'm weighed, when he looks at me and sees my the nature coming from me, that he says, that is the nature of my son. That is the nature of Christ in Robert. And this is what God is looking for. And that's what I'm interceding with you for in this devotion. So I start reading from the Living Bible here. In verse 18 of Daniel chapter 5, uh, please. Daniel chapter 5. Daniel answered, "Keeping, keep your gifts or give them to someone else. But I will tell you what they mean. These words written on the wall. Your majesty, listen closely. Verse 18. Your majesty, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar." who long ago preceded you, that was his father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. He gave him such majesty that all the nations of the world trembled before him in fear. He killed many who offended him and spared any he'd like. At his whim they rose or fell. But when his heart and mind were hardened in pride, God removed him from his royal throne and took away his glory. And he was cast out of his palace into the field. His thoughts and feelings became those of an animal. And he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like the cows (coughs) and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until at last he knew the Most High overrule, uh, uh, overrules the kingdoms of man, and that he appoints anyone he desires to reign over them. And you, his successor, O Belshazzar, you knew all this, yet you have not been humble, for you have defied the Lord of heaven, and brought here these cups from the temple. And you and your officers and wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. But you have not praised the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. So God sent those fingers to write this message, Maina, Maina, tekel, person. This is what it means, mene means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and they are ended. Tekel means weighed, you see? Weigh my heart, weighed. You have been waiting God's balance and have failed the test. Person means divided your kingdom, will be divided and given to the meats and persons. Every one of us, we get weighed every so often. Every so often, something comes up in our life and our hearts are weighed. What is the value of it? What is the nature? What's the character? What is it that's in our heart? And perhaps we have failed to test But I believe that if we humble our hearts like David did and so many others before us, if we truly humble our hearts and weep before the Lord in contrition and really surrender all to Him, He will conform and transform us and form in us a new heart and a new mind by His Spirit so that when we are weighed, the value begins to show and it becomes more precious and more precious and more precious until we come forth pure as gold oh how i love this about job in job chapter 23 oh i love this about job job is one of my favorites in the bible i'm so looking forward to meet that man oh look at this it says here in verse 8 of job 23 But I search in vain, I seek him here, I seek him there and I cannot find him. I seek him in his workshop in the north and I cannot find him there. Nor can I find him in the south, there too he hides himself. But he knows, verse 10, Every detail of what's happening to me. And when he has examined me, he will pronounce me completely innocent as pure as solid gold. Or as another translation says, after he has completed searching my heart, he himself will bring me forth pure as gold. Oh, my dear friend, I pray in the name of Jesus that your heart is ready to be weighed again. And maybe it isn't yet where it should be, but it isn't where it used to be. God has perfected you. God has transformed you. God has brought you into that sweetness of trusting Him, relying upon Him, depending on Him, surrendering Him, submitting yourself to Him. Christ is being formed in you in all the graces of His beautiful nature and character, and you are becoming more and more like Him. I want to encourage you, invite him, weigh my heart Lord, search me, know me, I must be found perfect in your sight, I long for perfection. You've said it in your word in Hebrews 13 verse 20 and 21, especially in the Amplified, that because of the everlasting covenant established in the blood of His Son, Jesus, God will strengthen, complete, and perfect you and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His perfect will while He Himself is working in you that which is well-pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ. Believe it, believe it, believe it. Your loving Heavenly Father will perfect you. He will complete what He's began. David said in Psalm 138, verse 8, Do not abandon the work of your hands, but perfect that which concerns you. Oh Lord, I am your handiwork, recreated in Christ for all the good works that you have predestined me to, Ephesians 2.10. I am so grateful today to share this with you and give you hope that the good work our Father has begun in us through His Son, He will complete and perfect it. Amen. Have a good day.